Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. 50 metres to go, two lengths in front. I'm Thunderstruck, needing to get there. Alligator blood tiring. I'm Thunderstruck over the top, rumbling. and takes the lead but Mr Brightside's challenging Mr Brightside up to Alligator Blood Cascadian late Mr Brightside in front and Mr Brightside has won the mile from Cascadian the inevitable Zaki joined by Animo who looks destiny in the face at the 150 Animo takes the lead from Zaki Alligator Blood on Thunderstruck but it's Animo clear on Thunderstruck late Animo holding on Animo this time for the big A what a from Wicks down the middle, Kingswell Dream at the 100, it's getting desperate, now Wicks is storming home, Wicks over the top, Ice is too good, but can't beat her. G'day punters and welcome back to another Racing Previews podcast, we've got a massive addition today. It's Caulfield Guineas weekend, it's also Everest weekend. My name is Ben Kaluti, I'm your host, and I'm joined, as always, by Will Bot Alford. If you don't know why we call him Bot, you're about to find out why. Bot, how you going, mate? I'm good, I'm excited for the weekend. It's one of the biggest days, it was probably the best days racing other than Derby Day, and they've half-ruined Derby Day by moving the Cantala oh, to... Let's, let's keep let's Yeah, keep right, let's move, move it, move it, move it the positives. Yeah, that's a good day. We'll that's be- why Channel 7 are calling it the best day of racing on the calendar. It's probably not far wrong. Nico, turn off your mute button. I'm going to introduce you now. Nick Seshlord McGualter. Uh, if you took the $1 for this man over racing in Sydney, you're correct because he couldn't even make it back to the, the hotel to get on the podcast. How are you doing, mate? We've had a few setbacks. Uh, the long lunch was very long. Sydney traffic is horrific. It was 30 degrees of sunshine. And, uh, yeah, the start of the race, Sydney's probably two or three lengths in front, but the race isn't over yet, so we'll be all right. All right, mute yourself now. We go on to one of the biggest guests we've had. I'd say he is a mastermind. Jules, I reckon we had you on probably the best part of nearly a year ago. Um, How are you going, mate? I'm well, and um, I wish I was with Nico, to be honest. He said nothing (laughs) there that disappoints me. Long lunch, Sydney, 30 degrees. You can still catch a flight. You still catch a flight. Nah, I'm not allowed to travel, mate. I've got a band. <laughs> I'll, get a, I'll get a chopper to pick you up. Yeah, I'll do that. That's fine. I will be joining the great man tomorrow night. Cannot wait for it. Anyway, let's rip straight into the form because we're going to try and keep this short and snappy. Caulfield, rail true. There has been a fair bit of rain today and the track has been downgraded to a soft five. Jules, any thoughts on uh, lanes, positions or how it might play? Yeah, um, I love the fact that the rain's come today. I think they're going to put eight mils on. I reckon they probably won't put the eight mils on, which is beautiful. I think by the time we get to race one, we're probably going to be on a good four. If we don't, at some stage, we'll be on it. I think the times will indicate we're on a good four. Um, How I've set it up, I think shoot pretty even, the way I think it'll be with how it sets up. But I'm bonusing leaders um, around the shoot. And the circle, a little bit forward of midfield, I think that's a little bit more of a bonus and majorly bonusing leaders around the circle. Uh, been watching the wind. Wind is so important at Caulfield, as you boys would probably know. The northerly kicks in, can have major impact. It's actually a westerly, um, 25 to 35, which is headwind in the home straight. 
but actually hits him on the left in the shoot, which is more important for me because maybe wide draws, and we always speak about shoot, wide draws, no disadvantage, whatever. Might actually be advantage a little bit, shoot, wide draws. So that's my starting point. Two or three races, I'll probably get told otherwise. Beautiful. All right. Well, let's crack straight in. The Group 2 Herbert Power States over 2,400 metres. Win this race, and you're in to the Caulfield Cup next week. Carini is the $2.60 favourite from Braden Star, $4. United Nations, $6. Military Mission, $7. Daki and Sweet Jr., $8. But I believe you're kicking us off here. You're pretty keen. Yeah, well, there's not many favourites I really like on on Saturday, but the first one I, I do like is Carini. Danio's beating the market expectation by 1.6 times the last 100 runners. And I think Carini gets the box seat. He ran headfirst into a 50-kilometre headwind at Flemington and was one of the biggest goes you'll ever see it um, in the last sort of two minutes of betting. It was about 320 to 260 as, as late as it gets. And uh, I thought the margin was like a little flattering to the ones behind him just because he sort of made a, a long run um, from about the 500 out just straight into the headwind. He's bred to run a mile, so I have no really... No real query going seven seventeen hundred to twenty five to twenty four hundred meters and um yeah D- Danny O can get him to do these sorts of things I, I'm not really worried about it and I think a new peak is incoming so um I guess one of the keener bets on the day uh, Carini beautiful twenty six dollars currently in the Caulfield Cup will you be having anything on that or none no no fair enough Jules any thoughts on this race or will you move on. Uh, no, we'll have thoughts on this race. Agree with everything that Will says. Um, horse I want to be with in the prep was keen on running last start. Just can't have him Saturday. Cannot have him at all. Fox catcher, we're top price by far. 17 to 24 here in Australia is just different gravy to what they do over in the UK. They just get trained differently. Danny O might be doing what they sort of do in the UK, but and I know he's gone 2,000 to 25 in France for 66 days. Um, again, yeah, win probably negated his rating, but I just, I just thought that race went cactus last start. And I just think if you can find, if, if you work out what the tempo is, now if they go slow here, Karini wins the race, there's no doubting that. I just think there's military mission and a few others in this race, uh, probably United Nations, won't allow it to be a soft run 2400 mm, because they've had four or, three or four goes at a mile and a half. They need it to be tempo-related. They need it to be fast-run race to have any hope of winning this race. And if that's the case, 17 to 24, and it's a tough slog. I just can't find Carini. I think Braden Starr, he's got his limitations, but I think he's a dead-set dry tracker. I think he's had two or three goes at 2,000 metres plus. Happy to back Braden Starr with confidence, and I'm laying Carini. Even though I love him as a horse, I just think the setup stinks. Beautiful. Can I just say something, Benny, before we move on? Of course you can. So Jules wants to take him on from what he see on his database. But what do you see on your database that makes you want to back him? Uh, just the numbers, and I think you'll run a new peak on Saturday, I guess. And I, I also think Braden Starr won't love 24. Yeah, and that's a fair point too. Exactly. He, he's, he's vulnerable there as well. But I think mm. if it's a fast rain 24, mm. I can't see how Carini absorbs it more than, say, Braden Starr, who's got a little bit of guts about him at 2,000 metres plus. I think it's a fascinating race. I agree with everything that Will says. I think Carini's the best horse in the race by far. If he'd had a go at 2,000 metres, I'd stamp him as an absolute bet of all bets. I'm just a little bit vulnerable about what kind of prep it's been. Yeah. Well, jump onto the sixth day. I'll get my quick plug out now. Jump onto the sixth day, download it, because we have backed Braden Star at $8 and United Nations at $15 in the all-in. So go download that and send me a message and let's start betting early. All right, we go over to race five. It is the Scalacci Stakes, group two, 1,100 metres. As Fura is $2.25 favourite from Uncommon James, $2.30. Chain of Lightning, $8. Ingratiating, $9. Those are the only four that the market is giving a chance. I'm pretty keen on Uncommon James here. Uh, this horse is unbeaten three out of three, second up. Uh, I thought he was sound, sound return at, in the uh, in the Moyer Stakes first up. I don't think a thousand metres is his go, and I don't think Mooney Valley is his go. He sort of crabbed around the turn there and didn't really look comfortable. But once he straightened up, um, 
he really closed the margin on Asfura and Imperatriz there. We know there's nothing wrong with that form line. And a big key here is he gets the blinkers on for the first time. So that's to me, that's saying Stephen O'Day and Matt Hoy said, are saying it's go time. Uh, up to 1,100 metres, he is an Oakley Plate winner over 1,100 metres. And I actually like Barrier 6 drawn out for him because he's a big sort of gangly horse. And I just think he can be picking off Asfura in that final 50 metres. I probably do think the race is between them two, but Asfura was set for those 2,000 metre races. Sorry, 1,100 metres, then 1,000 metres second up. And I just think Uncommon James is the one to beat here. Um, and the market sort of agrees early, $3.20 into $2.30. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm coming with. I think he's run first up. Uncommon James was super. He's going to strip for here second up. He's a second up horse. Um, yeah, I've got my doubts on as for a past 1,000 metres and in two proper run races. So, yeah, I think Uncommon James is one of the easier bets to have. Jules, any thoughts this race? Or? Uh, look... Asfura has the map advantage. Again, agree with everything you say about Uncommon Jones. I think the key factor here is they're not going to go very fast because there's just not that many much speed in the race, which people would say, well, that's advantage Asfura. I think it's advantage Uncommon James. I think Uncommon James has got a better turn of foot than Asfura. It's just that Asfura is always probably two or three lengths in front. And instead of having 15 in front of Uncommon James, you've got three or four, D-Lane, probably within two or three lengths and might just be able to stalk and get over the top. I don't have real... It's not a race I'm going to bet into because I really like both horses. I was um, had a good bet as for her against Imperatrice last start. Um, Me too. Sort of set up really well for her. She drifted like a barge and um, she still went really good. But, yeah, I think I think Uncommon James sets up really well on Saturday, but, you know, I'm petrified as as for her. I think the rest have none, to be honest. So happy to be top price the rest. Yeah. I, I didn't like the race just for what it's worth. I just thought that probably two horse race, but um, I would have loved three dollars uncommon James, but um, that's gone now. So too slow, bot. Too slow. Well, you could have had a bet, bot, but you didn't want to have an all in bet. You didn't want to come to the dark side. That's what. So that's what you cop, champ. Suck it up. And you got a champ, great. Race seven. Nico is flying. If you can't tell, punters. Uh, the might and power stakes. Uh, registered name, obviously, the Caulfield Stakes. Alligator Blood, he's a six-time Group 1 winner. He's a superstar. He's the $2.30 favourite from Just Fine, $3.60. Jewess is $4.80. Lindeman, $16. And Nonconformist, $18. This is a Group 1, so I think we better give it the, uh, the recognition it deserves with a quick speed map. I think the key to this race, Jules, is what Deny Knowledge sort of does out of the out of the machine do you think she goes forward and leads like she did at a fast tempo third up last prep or are they more conservative i just don't think gay's horses let her be i think they probably jump from two and want to be aggressive and i think pin probably eventually ends up leaders back because the blood and just fine sort of just control the tempo that's why it is but but i look at alligator blood and just fine i look at this race and i think there's two they're in the same camp, so you've got to think about that as well when you're punting. Two different scenarios here. Alligator Blood, I think, wants a somewhat softish 2,000 metres. Mm-hmm. And I think Just Fine to win the race probably wants a really solid gallop. So I'm sort of conflicted here of what the tempo is. And I think the tempo dictates who wins the race. Um, I'm happy to not back Alligator Blood. Um, no knock on the horse, star, you know, goes forward, hard to beat around how I think this track's going to play. Yeah, impossible to knock, but I just think just fine. Might just... It's hard to work out because they're both in the same camp, like what's going to happen, mm-hmm. but um, that's how I think it sets up. I think Deny Knowledge probably ends up leaders back to your original question, Benny. Yeah. I'm keen on this race because... I've actually got Alligator Blood as my lay of the day. Um, I do think this race will be run at an above average tempo. I don't think Jordan Childs um, and Wiramu Pin will just let Alligator Blood get away with murder up front. And even though he was a strong winner at 1,800 metres last last start, defending his crown in the Underwood, he was out on his feet late in the piece. I think he ran the eighth fastest last 200 of the race. 
Um, and I've had early bets on Just Fine and Jewis, $5 and $9. I take your point that Just Fine is from the same camp as Alligator Blood. But just to sprinkle in a little bit of narrative here, Jordan Childs has only won one group one. He's done a lot of work on Alligator Blood. He has never been gifted the ride. And I think he's going out to win this race, no matter what the stable says to him. Um, and oh, I just, very, gonna... just, just to, be, to be clear on that, I'm not thinking it's going to be a Bodie for Alligator Blood either. I think Just yeah. Fine's there to win the race. I just think there's two different conflicting um, tempos related. Just Fine needs a fast tempo. I think Alligator Blood needs a soft tempo. I think they're both there to win, which yeah. is, um, yeah, that's my point. Well, that's funny because a couple of analysts today thought that being the stable mate, they'll just hand it to him on a platter. I can't see how that could possibly happen. These jockeys all want to win group ones. They're not just going to hand it to the stable mate because, well, it's the stable mate and it's the favourite. I can't have that at all. No, and, and if that happens, then a horse like Deny Knowledge will probably try and kick up. Even a horse like Linderman with Joe on, who you know hasn't ridden here, I think, since 2017, but um, he's got a great feel for Caulfield that he won't let a position sort of be given up as well. So I think there's some tempo here that um, is going to make it an interesting race, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm back in... Let me just quickly finish, but I'm back in just fine. I think... I do. I just think this race will be run at an above-average tempo and Alligator Blood will be vulnerable late. And I think if they do all overcook the tempo, Jules is absolutely flying... Go watch her work through the line last night in the Underwood. She's set to peak fourth up, and uh, she's the big blouser who can be finishing over the top of them. So I've backed six and nine. Uh, I reckon the connections of Deny Knowledge um, know their only chances to make it an end-to-end test. I reckon they'll go straight to the front. And I thought in the Underwood, the margin spread at the 800 metres wasn't reflective of the actual pace. Like, it was it was a real... Like, Dewis was giving um, Alligator Blood eight lengths off a of a slow pace and Gator was curling up at the end of a softly run 1800 meters. So I really want to be against him at the, um, in a strongly run 2000 or what I think will be a strongly run 2000 meters. So I'm taking on, I guess the low variance horses, which are, I guess why they're at the top of the market, the, the horses that are, I guess, consistent. Um, and I'm going with two horses that are, I guess, not as consistently good, but they're at their best. And when they, um, when they have the right situation, they're able to run to a level that's, if not as good, just as good um, as the as the top of the market. So I'm with Nonconformist, and he, who's a, he's a shocker. We're both well beaten at their at their last starts and are given an honest pace to run at. I think both at their peaks. I think one of them can be an up to scratch might and power winner. So um, one of the two. And I think I think uh, being a strongly run race, I think. Um, It'll suit them because they're more of a more of a stayer, and I just don't have a real opinion of just fine. I think Jewess is, other than her her big wins a year and a half ago now, I'm, I think she's quite consistent. And Alligator Blood, I, I feel regress off its form. So, all right, sweet. Quickly, hundred hundred dollar betting strategy. I'm going to have sixty dollars on Just Fine and forty dollars on Jewess. Jules, uh, best of the day by far. Jewess having 100 on. I think she storms over the top. I think the way the tempo sits, uh, she's been out of form for a long time. I think the race was a little bit junky last start, but it just got, I think 10 is so crucial, and I think B Shin is even more crucial. Um, I think she finds a backside, and I think she might just actually smash him a little bit, a little she's bit of spray cup sort of stuff. Um, wow. All right. I'm with Jewess. Will? Uh, 50-50 um, non-conformist and he's a shocker beautiful Nico 50 just fine 50 Jewess alright alligator buds birthday is all over <laughs> race 9 the Caulfield Guineas group 1 1600 metres the stallion making race one horse in this field already has his stud credentials locked in play his name is militarised he's a 3 time group 1 winner he's $2.80 favourite from Stepardi. $3.90, King Colorado, $8.50, Sheelite, $12, and the big, big mover today has been Wolfie for Nick Ryan into $13. Firstly, Matt, we think Stepardi gets quite a nice run here, um, and the barrier draw is obviously interesting for Militarise, who's likely to go back. 
Yeah, I reckon Joe will try and give it the Animo sort of run, just wide and sort of working into the race. I think it'll be, I think it's likely to be a high pressure guineas. They, other than last year, that they're not they're typically high pressure races because they're stallion man making races, I guess. Um, and I, I think either way, I think there's a, a lot of pace here. I think there's a um, quite a, quite a few horses that really want to be in the first half of the field, and especially if Jules is saying if it's a on pace dominated day I think that enforces more pace and they might even overdo it um, I, I, c- I couldn't bet currently I think militarises the horse to beat he ran the fastest last hundred of, or the second fastest last hundred sorry of the um, of the meet on Golden Golden Rose Day after getting the gap and I think he, he's looking for a high pressure mile now and uh, he gets the right jockey to offset an awkward barrier and he looks like the one to to really spike. He, he just he just looks like a good horse to me. Um, I think Stepardi's never seen a, a properly run race and I think he might get found out in a high pressure mile and, and Wolfie looks to be the improving he, he, he looks like he's improving with racing and, um, and this, I, know, I know the stable has an opinion of him but um, the early market hasn't missed it. I, I also thought um, Vidad was can improve again off the Stutt Stakes run um, Just but, a cast roll yeah, it's probably tricky from the draw, and and I hate King Colorado. If I I have to be against one of them, and um, I've gapped him. I just um, I don't think the form's got any substance to it, and I think he's just anchored by strong SPs. Yep, Jules, what are your thoughts on the Guineas, right, mate? It's, it's a fascinating race. I don't know how long you've got, and I'm going to annoy you with all my thoughts here. But, um, <laughs> I think I think Will's right. Militarise is the best horse in the race by far. I think the map is absolutely diabolical. Um, I like Lindemann probably comes across and maybe sits OSL, possibly Rock Empire. You could possibly suggest Centervi maybe get one one, and then you got Stepardi on the back of Centervi. And the only fly in the whole ointment of that is, is if I think the track plays the way I think it plays, I have no doubt if they've got this horse completely wound up, this militarised, that they wound Waller winds back the clock and does what Press Statement does. And tries autumn, to go for the, the autumn sun as well. Yeah, you just you just go to the front. You just go handlebars down. You go where the best colt. Let's win this mm. race. I just don't know if he can win even three back running line, following horses possibly like Vidad and Griff, who might not take him into the race. And otherwise, he's got to take all his medicine and go all the way back. Where who takes him into the race? Um, you just can't give around Caulfield. Six lengths to horses I think likes to party identify horses like that. I just think it's it's dangerous. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up leading on it. If he leads on it, he wins. I'm happy to take him on because I just don't think they will. Um, I think Stepardi gets his chance. Um, I was very lucky. I, the tab were frigging around on Tuesday or Wednesday with Wolfie. I sort of, with disclosure, I'll say, got the 30s Wolfie, so I've had a bet there. But I wouldn't back him at 12 to 1, put it that way. I marked him sort of $17, and when they put it there, spat it out, I was happy to... Thankfully, I've got a job that I'll just sit in a pub and just wait for some price. So, um, <laughs> Jules so, is that bloke with a laptop in the pub. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, nothing dodgy there. Um, <laughs> so lucky to sort of be on there, but, you know, it's that kind of race, but I just think map's so important in a race like this, how I think this track's going to play, and that's why I think, you know, I sort of marked them each of two, Stepardi and, and Militarise, so... Current price is happy to be top price militarised, market price to party. Um, I think they have to be aggressive militarised to win this race. Yeah. I'm with the, the lead-up form, as in the Caulfield Guineas prelude form. Um, Stepardi, there's a bit of $4.40 around. I do think that's a good price. I know he doesn't have the ratings to match militarised just yet, but I think a lot of that is on form. He hasn't been given the opportunity and hasn't been afforded the races to actually break that big figure and I think he's set to run a career clear career peak this Saturday he's third up 1600 metres and I do think he just has the right map to be able to win the race um, and the other horse I'm going to have something small on is Shelight he ran the fastest last 200 of the entire meeting there last start um, steaming home from the back and he's obviously looking for the mile barrier 13 that is a little bit cast but um, if this race is fastly run and he can stay intact, then watch for him steaming home late. I've got nothing against the favourite Militarise. In fact, 
of these three-year-olds, if there is one to go to the Cox Plate, I think he's the only one that can win a Cox Plate in terms of going to 2,000 metres, but I'm just not 100% sure if this race shape will suit him barrier 12. As said, Joe does have a decision to make out of the gates. Just on that, Benny, that, that is a sensational point if people want to look at Cox Plates, and it probably doesn't help the punters now, but mm. if militarise can sit three back uh, in the three-wide running line or a long way back and win the Caulfield Guineas, he will absolutely bolt in the, Corf- uh, the Cox Plate. It's game over. That's wow. how good. It would take a bigger performance to win the Caulfield Guineas, I think, than worse than midfield on Saturday mm. than winning a Cox Plate. So... Again, probably doesn't help the punters, but I agree with you. He's the only one I think that can win the Cox Plate out of this. Do we, do we think Joe Marrera can make 49.5 kilos, or was the ride up for grabs? Yeah, I don't know. I know probably if you asked five years ago, he probably could have, but I don't know what he can do now. Maybe yeah, D- Dirty Dino gets it. Maybe, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if the party will go, even if he wins. There's been murmurs of back to 1,200 for a Cormore, so that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, just quiet. I, I think... I think the, the can I can I I'll just say something ridiculous. Um, the changing of the Rupert Clark to the back end of the carnival becomes a great race for three-year-olds now. I, I think mm, uh, a, a horse that runs second or third in a Caulfield Guineas um, now becomes right in the space for a Rupert Clark. So that's what I'd be looking for horses. And yeah, I don't know if the market's going to cotton onto that, but that's that's what I'd be looking at. Yeah. Just quiet. Just sorry. Just quietly. Just um, watch for she like to be a moral next start in the vase because this the is a, a glorified barrier trial for the the vase on the two thousand meter race for three year olds at Mooney Valley. Cox Plate Day. Book it in. Well, a Nico. couple of things off the top. <laughs> Jules, regarding your Wolfie bet, it doesn't matter what happens now. You've beaten SP. It's a good bet regardless of whether it wins or loses. The funny thing is with that, Nico, I haven't beaten SP yet because they haven't started well, yet. You could end up starting 70s, mate. Well, possibly, but it looks good now and that's all that matters for the narrative. <laughs> Two, if what you're saying is correct, I'm even more confident because I think is going to be in the 1-1 or 2-back 1-off. And if that's the case, I think they've got an absolute mission of beating him. I think this horse is very good. I've said it from the start of the preparation, and I'm not falling off him now. I think he's a very, very special horse. He was super last start. He had no right to win. He had every opportunity to turn it up, but he stuck his neck out when it mattered. He won like a good horse. Winners win. It's easy to knock the winners because, yes, Militarise has the rating curves in front of Stepati at the moment, but I also think that Stepati hasn't been awarded the opportunity to run a big number yet, and I think we will on Saturday, and I think the narrative will all change. But regardless, there's two proper three-year-olds in Stepati and Militarise, and I hope both of them push onto a Cox plate. But we've been there all, Prep Benny, and we're not falling off him now. He's been a good horse to us, and I think he will again on Saturday. All right, well, you can kick us off with our $100 betting strategy straight oh, on the nose. Piece of piss. $100 straight on to party. Beautiful. And we'll be partying. <laughs> what? I'll go 100 militarise. Sweet. Jules? Uh, I'd have 80 to party, 20 Wolfie. And I will go 80 to party, 20 She Light. All right, let's move on to the big crescendo, the last race of the day. It is the two rack handicap, 1600 metres. Group one, Amelia's Jewel, $2.30 favourite from Antino, $7. Prior to Jenny, $9. The inevitable, $10. Here to shock, $14. Pinstriped, $18. Firstly, before speed map, we've got to touch on the elephant in the room. Huetor nominates 58 kilos. AJ gets him with 56. What's doing? <laughs> yeah, I think they've, they've done very well, the camp, to be able to talk to the Huetor <laughs> camp. Let's put it that way. Um, but in saying that, Wetor accepts in the King Charles the Third or whatever race up in Sydney. So, um, you know, they might have decided that the Turak with 58 first up was probably a little bit difficult. Um, but uh, well-played camp, Amelia's Jewel as well. So. <laughs> um, what are we thinking here? Does Prider Jenny go to the front again? We know she led at a, a good clip last start at the Valley. Oh, I'd say so. Um... I don't know. I, I want to know what Jules thinks about this race because I, I, I can't. 
I don't know. I, I think she's short. Can you read your market first before Jules says his opinion? <laughs> Go on, Bot. Tell the punters your market. Um, you can't bet on these, by the way. But anyway, well, they're obviously not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely <laughs> mythical, Jules. Just for it's narrative based. Wow. That's that's the world we live in, isn't it? <laughs> I just uh, got a unicorn driving past me. <laughs> Uh, Amelia's Jewel four eighty, Antino eight dollars, Inevitable ten dollars, My Oberon ten sixty, Amendable twelve eighty, Attrition three fifty, um, and a Charterhouse eighteen seventy. I guess is, is that on, so. Just that attrition price. That's the place. Yeah. No. <laughs> you don't. Like, no thirteen fifty. Oh, sorry. I thought yeah. you said one fifty. No, no, no. no. I, What's, I'm, sorry, what, what have you got? The five. Amelia's Jewel, 480 yeah. favourite. 480, okay. But I, I don't know. I just think there's there's that many good horses in, in the race. You, you can't have a that short, could you? I, I don't know. Like, I, it might, like if, if Damien Lane rides her negatively last start, she's she's beaten two to three lengths and people are posting bubbles popping on Twitter and she's like three, four dollars here. Like, I know they're probably going to show the same intent, but like, I just... I just can't get her that short. Like she has to, she has to. Like she's. I, I understand. Like the it was, it, it it's probably impossible to run, like enough, the fast enough time to put a real margin on Pride of Jenny last start. But she still beat Pride of Jenny by point eight of a length. You know, like you know what I mean. Like she she to have her this short in a race like this. In my opinion, you have to have her running a a, a big new career peak, and I I understand you could you could forecast that, but you. I just, I just think two. What are they betting? Two forty-five is best price now. I just think that's sh- like really short, and the maps even are like a, a little bit sticky. Jules, can you bring us any clarity here? The maps murky. There's no doubting that. Gets the right jock, gets a backside. I mean, I marked it two sixty-five. I think two sixty-five. I think a hundred percent. So probably a little bit different to Will. Um, you know, I love the narrative around, oh, it's beaten Pride of Jenny at sort of levels. You know, that's way for age. Obviously, she's a four-year-old mare to Pride of Jenny by a half or whatever it was. I mean, Mooney Valley that day, that night raced ridiculous. You had to be on speed. They ran crazy times. They rode her out of her comfort zone. I feel when you run those kinds of races, you find... It's hard to put big barges on. That's one part of it, but the other part is that coming out of it. So... Super horses will come out of it and explode and other horses will completely, you will never see again. And and I have a theory that I think will probably, Pride of Jenny might be completely cactus out of that. And and I feel like Amelia's Jewel might just completely go on with that. She needs to go on that. I agree with everything, Will. She needs to run to a new peak to win this race. I think... You know, I don't want to back her at the price. Absolutely not. I don't want to obviously actively lay her either. I think it's a race that um, could possibly be dictated to by horses on speed. Horses like the Inevitable could possibly sit in the 1-1. I think there's a horse, even like at 50s, corner pocket, that could sit, you know, even in that sort of space where Froggy B's really aggressive and tries to hit the front at the 300 and around Caulfield, maybe might be really hard to run down um here to shock i think should be single figures uh it's that kind of race i i think we're you know we want to play into the narrative of what amelia's jewel is but i think she's she's very good as i said don't want to be backing her not going to be actively laying her i've marked her a little bit bigger than what the price is she probably gets to my market price but um doesn't mean i want to back her but um if I could ever see any of that 420, I'd probably have something on just just for a little bit of a <laughs> make me feel a little bit at ease. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm I um just come I'm against her. I, um, I'll probably have something on Charterhouse, Amenable, Attrition, My Oberon, and and we're, we're already on Inevitable, so that's yeah, how. Yeah. I think Amenable is a really interesting one because. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like um, it's like uh, the alligator blood race. Like it, the the margin spread at the eight hundred was like massive, but they went slowly. So and like the splits he ran, it was just impossible for him to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that's one part. The, the other part I find fascinating with this horse is they've gone tongue tie first time, and I think 
for a punter out there, we see tongue tie first time and go, well, it's got to be a leader. The leader always chokes down and they get beaten 40 lengths. It's possible that this horse just didn't breathe correctly last start, and that's hard for people to work out what a back marker hasn't been able to breathe, never really got into his work. For them to put a tongue tie on first time, I think suggests that there might have been some issue last start. Um, uh, my advice for the punters out there listening to this is if you have been on a menable and now you're getting a big price, I think you have to have something on. Mental health or not mental health, if like it could be the horse that blouses you, so just be very careful. I'm, I'm going to take a quaddy on Saturday and he'll be going in. Huge. I am going to have... I've already backed Amelia's jewel, so... I think she is set to peak here third up. Um, I'm not telling you anything the market isn't, but I, I think she's going to come on from that last start. As Jules said, they either go flat or they explode, and I think she will explode. Um, I think Frosty will actually ride her colder than last start, and she'll be coming with that big circling run. I think she's very, very good, and it all depends where she goes next. I'm not sure if she goes Cox Plate or Golden Eagle, but we'll wait and see there i think she can win antino happy to be hard against from barrier 17 just not sure where he gets to and the only other horses that i want to be with it are the inevitable who we've backed at 26 dollars he was given a sore back last start in the epsom should have finished a lot closer i think barrier eight is just about perfect for him and i want to be forgiving of attrition he didn't pull up all sweet out of last start the underwood but Back to 1,600 metres, his run in the Fian before that was outstanding. Probably should have won it. Um, gets a hungry Bo Mertens, 54 kilos, gate 10. Oh, I think he can be steaming home late. Um, and we give a big cheer to, to Brett Norton, who owns the horse, fan of the show. Well, I think mm. she's a moral. That's <laughs> all it is. I yes. think she'll win, and she'll win the can. I'll you, no. Don't reinvent the wheel. Bots can have 75 bets and still lose. <laughs> Ignore the obvious. Bet up, fill up, responsibly. Beautiful. Nico's just checking into the hotel apartment now. It's absolute scenes. We're having some serious setbacks. We can't... The, the apartment doesn't exist, apparently. <laughs> oh, it's getting better. This is... I, I need to get up there now. Apart, a, apartment 501, and there's only 601 and above. It's non-existent. <laughs> yeah. Good, and paid in advance and completely gone. <laughs> Jules, I'm booking your flight now. Yeah, fantastic. Gee whiz, all in betting, no refunds on the apartment. $100 betting strategy. I'm going to go 70 on Amelia's Jewel. I'll have 20 on the inevitable, and I'll have $10 on attrition. Uh, t- 20 Charterhouse, 20 Amenable, 20 Attrition, 20 My Oberon, 20 Inevitable. I don't know. Gee whiz, we're running out of ink. Jules? Um, yeah, I'm a little bit like Will, to be honest. I think she's the best horse in the race, but just can't get her that short. 25, the inevitable. 25, corner pocket. 25, here to shock. 25, amenable. Beautiful. And Nico? 100, straight on the snoz. <coughs> All right. Straight on the snoz or straight up the snoz? Whatever works. Right. <laughs> Good bet, etc. <laughs> Anything else, Caulfield, before we move on to Randwick? Uh... Yeah, I liked um, race number one. I liked uh, uh, what's its name? Uh, Red, Red Sun Sensation. I think race race number one, number five. Uh, it's been bet a little bit, but I think sixteen dollars is still good odds. And I think the market will back Excess in race two. I think the the favourites are like a Queensland. Looks like a squibby filly first up 1200 meters i want to be against it and the rest are coming they, look, they all look a bit busted up and i think this excess the market's backed pretty much everything out of that maiden um and i think the market will come for it it already has a bit um uh what else did i like um and, and race number eight i liked i've backed already uh papillion club i think she was good on the on pace dominated track or race anyway, and um, I think she'll be more forward after missing the start last time. Uh, versus Nunthorpe and Wishlaw Lassie are both coming out of some slowly run, sort of on pace, dominated races, and I think she'll be a lot more close, cl- a lot closer to the speed. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's very good. Jules, anything to add? Uh, just interested to play in race four because I'm keen to lay red cards. So, I agree. Um, 
I know dollar sixty into a dollar forty last start, and people want to be with it again. Gets Joe, but I'm happy to be against it. I reckon there's some inside pressure there. Uh, so against red card, and I think none thought. Um, it just keeps improving. What it did sort of last start, I know it was softly run, but it just it surprised me to be honest. I thought it's run prior was only fair and I thought it improved leaps and bounds big number with me um, you might just be able to sit OSL and if it leads I don't think they'll catch it around this track is that race 8? yeah yeah, yeah. Race, eight. race 8 she's been well backed uh, the only other horse that I wanted to back was in the Northwood Plume race 4 agree with Jules taking on red card she draws barrier 12 and I've got a real question mark on her at a genuinely run 1200 metres I think she only gets it if it's soft and from 12, I think she might have a bit of work to do. I'm going to back Rose Quartz in that race. She doesn't want this rain to keep going, but I thought she was outstanding first up, and she can only improve barrier 11 around the chute. That won't be any issue up to 1,200 metres. So I'm having something small at $7.50. All right, let's go to Sydney. I'm overruling you, Nico. We're going to stick to just the two races in the essence of time. We haven't but set Randwick, up a I think back. the rail is yeah, up just, three metres. Just do it, yeah, do it. <laughs> We'll just keep Nico's on keeping under on, a mate. bridge for the rest of the night, so I don't think you really have to worry about what's going on there. Um, Jules, rail three. It was a leader bias track a couple of weeks ago at Randwick. Do you reckon we've they've fixed up that issue? No, I just think for, I think the numbers I've got is forward of midfield again, and big bonus to to leaders in the shoot. Um, not so much probably in the circle race, but I think that's where you want to be and. Um, as I said, I think the narrative around Randwick is it's a big track, so they all get their chance. But dry deck, it, it, like beautiful weather up there, as Nico will find out tonight when he's sleeping in the outdoors. But um, <laughs> you lucky know, you'll be here to run fast. They're going to run fast times, and when you run fast times and you're a good horse, can you run sub ten? Well, no, you can't. So I want to be forward of midfield on Saturday up there. All right, let's go straight to the big one, the $20 million Everest. Um, you can say what you want about PVL, but hats off to him here because he's found a fantastic race. The seventh edition, 1,200 metres. I wish I win is $4.80. Think about it, $4.80. Private Eye, $6.50. Last year's runner-up. Cylinder, $8.50. Overpass, $11. In Secret, well backed into $11. And Buenos Noches, $12. Jules, map, I'm thinking there only looks one real... One sole leader, but you might have a few three-year-olds pressuring for the lead. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, no doubt overpass leads. I think Cylinder probably gets his back. I think ends up leaders back, which means I wish I win ends up three back. Now, again, that's my personal thought on the race. Could be very wrong. My other gut feel is that I think J-Mac will be aggressive with Hawaii 5-0 um, and possibly sit OSL or try to sit OSL, giving the 1-1 to think about it. Um, and then they sort of fall back from there. I also think Craig, with alcohol-free, won't just sit back. The horse is at 60s. Craig's not going to you know, sit back at, with a horse at 70 to 1 that's got no hope and be passive. He's going to try and put it into the race, which then makes the next line BN, Buenos Noches, and then probably Private Eye, and that's why I'm sort of against Private Eye because it ends up being too far back, for which I think the track is. But yeah, this is a race that I didn't really want to play and I think it's really really tough um, again I think I want to be forward of midfield so I sort of want to be you know if I was to play I'd muck around with overpass cylinder think about it um, even Hawaii 5-0 if you can get the OSL I think it might be really hard to beat so that's where I'd be centred but I'm not pushing the punters into anything there that's just the way I sort of have mapped it hmm. it's definitely a tough race I'm backing three horses I'm Sticking with I Wish I Win, I take the point that Barrier 1 does look a little bit tricky. It's probably the only place they didn't really want to draw, but Nolan only has one option here. He has to try and go forward and be as positive as he can. The ride he gave this horse in the Memsey was all-time, and he only blew out of condition late. He's had six weeks to you know, build up his fitness. He looks amazing in some of the videos that Moods has been posting online, and he's the best horse in the race. I think $5 is a respectable price. And then I think the two big blouses are Private Eye and Buenos Noches. Um, yes, they may be back in the field, but gee, I just think they'll find that three-wide running line and they'll be making their, their runs together. Um, they, come, they do come out of the same form line. 
and we know Private Eye has been here, he's done it before and last start was just what we wanted to see to, to stamp him as being back. He's had a mid-prep jump out or trial, which was really good. And Nashra Willer, he's 48 years old, but I think he's riding at the absolute peak of his powers. Um, so I'll be back in those three. Buenos Noches, Private Eye, I wish I win. Got no knocks on the favourite, think about it. But I haven't been on him this far and I'm going to take him on again. The speed makes it tricky because if there was pace on, you just sort of want to be with I wish I win in and in, in secret, I guess. But um, the the map makes it tricky for him. But he's he's clearly the highest rated horse in the race. Um, yeah, they opened twenty six dollars in secret. That was too big. Um, I think people are saying she's a Flemington horse, but I think it's a when James says go and she's got um. Yeah, she looks like she's set for this race and Zach Purton takes the ride. The map could be a little bit tricky from Barrier 12. He probably has to make a decision. Um, and if Hawaii 5.0 goes forward, like Jules was saying, I think he, he's the one that could um, genuinely explode. Um, I, I do think he's maybe a bit of a better of a further, but um, the the way he was closing down, um, think about it last last start, was was of a good horse. Um, um, but yeah, but if, if it was a soft to heavy track, I wish I win would would just win but um just the sort of factors that you have to sort of weigh up just make it a little bit confusing i think so no no bet i think like i don't bet in sydney but like um theoretically i wouldn't bet anywhere just looks too tricky nico how you going up there any thoughts on this race we're finally found the room that's a start um yeah, I think there's two very easy bets to have in this race. Make a wish. I wish I win. I think if he if he somehow gets the brakes, I think he's definitely the horse to beat. Trumby's just going to have to give him an 11 out of 10. But I think you're getting a fair enough price to find out if he can. And I think the horse who's being disrespected in the market, although I love Cylinder, I'm not with him on Saturday. I think Hawaii 5-0 gets J-Mac third up, ready to peak. If, you, if you're kicking up for Think About It, you have to kick up for him. And it's about $4.50 versus $14. So J-Mac cost me an absolute fortune last year in the Everest. Not his fault. But I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly not going to Everest Day and having J-Mac sail down the outside at $14. And me go, you absolute idiot. So I think this horse um, is set to peak Saturday, third up, gets the goad on. Um, yeah, so I think it's an easy two-bet play. It's a race with many a chances, but uh, that'll be me. Yeah. you got 12 hours to get through, even getting to the races, mate. I've got you hundreds to get to the track. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky, lucky you'll be here in time just to nurse... <laughs> Nurse me through, Jules. Just ride me quiet to, ride me quiet yeah. to finish you, you, you are in big trouble then, brother. Last time I went to Sydney, I ended up in a gutter at 5am. And um, anyway, we'll leave it at that. But it was a <laughs> night by all reports. Lucky no. there's enough gutter for both of us. Correct. <laughs> if we win a bit of cash, Jules, we might have to fly you up. Beautiful. All right, I'm having... Don't worry 50. about that. We're flying him up anyway. <laughs> I'm having 50 I wish I win, 35 private eye. And fifteen dollars Buenos Noches, Jules. Oh, what am I doing here? Um, I'm going to have twenty overpass, twenty for Hawaii Five O, uh, twenty cylinder. What's that leave me? Forty. No good at mass after five pm. Yeah, good. Uh, all right, going to have forty. Think about it. All right, easy. Uh, f- 40, I wish I win, 20 in secret, and 20 Hawaii 5 You've still got 20 left, I reckon. Oh, Put it on shit. the tab. <laughs> yeah, well, I tried that. I tried that like every week, and that's how Donate I to Foxcatcher Betting. Go check out their app. Do a quick <laughs> plug in there. We need every Make sure you don't beat it. Not probably from you four, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sharp for us. Um, and, and, and Shinzo. 20 on Shinzo. All right, easy. That's 75, a, a make a wish. 25, Hawaii 5 All right, let's get to race nine. It is the King Charles. 
up to five million dollars. Obviously, it was the the George Main one mil to five mil shifts two weeks. Mr. Brightside two dollars twenty favourite. He's going for six wins in a row. Uh, Fangirl seven dollars. Zaki nine dollars. Light Infantry Man. Is that his name change? Nine dollars. Think it over thirteen dollars. Kovalika eighteen dollars. Very interesting this race. Um, what's doing with the speed? I'm not really sure. Medina has to lead, doesn't it? I mean, on like nothing to lose. Got a lead. I would have thought Golden Mile maybe probably positive. Zaki sits one-one. Brightside gets Zaki's back. Light infantry man probably back inside. The same with Fangirl. Probably three or four back rail. That's the way I sort of read it. Yep. And and your thoughts on the race, Betty? Oh, I think he's become. Yeah. A weapon, Mr. Brightside. I, I loved him as a horse. I just didn't think he had probably another level in him. Um, he has. I think what he did last start in the Maccabi was scary for anything else on Saturday. I've always had Mr. Brightside. I've been able to absorb pressure and he'll just grind the rest into the ground. What he did that day was arrogant, treated him with contempt. You know, you do certain things to things and then you kick him to the curb and spit on him sort of stuff that's that's sort of what he did um he had no respect for those rivals last start and i just think if he goes up there in one piece and everything's okay um i think the price is fine i think he'll kick their heads in i think the only danger is fangirl but she's going to need J Mac to be at absolute he's going to need she's going to need him to do something extraordinary and when you're punting when you're factoring that into price and you're saying he's going to have to do something extraordinary on her to beat him then it becomes you know hard for a punter or a bookie or whatever it is he is the high percentage play for me mr brightside yeah i'm seeing the race exactly the same i think mr brightside's the most likely winner uh, we give a shout out to tyson adrian who own a, a small share in this great horse Oh, Barrier 8 is just so perfect. He's proven now. He was just a handicapper probably a season or two ago, and now he's a proper weight for age star. He's just going to get the most blessed run of all time up somewhere near the speed. And you know Craig Williams will be walking the very blade of grass he comes down because he's such a perfectionist. I think he's the likely winner. But Fangirl, she's obviously going to be a lot more forward here if she can step out of the barriers from Barrier 2. And she goes from Karen McAvoy to James McDonald, which is, you know, it's up there with the biggest gear change of all time at the moment, I would say. So I think I'll have it between them. But Mr. Brightside, I'm pretty keen. $2.20 is a little bit skinny. I would be hoping for better, but I don't know if you're going to get it. Yeah, I, I hope he wins just for Tyson Adrian's sake. He, he probably will win. He gets the, the gun run and he's, he's probably cemented himself Oh, well, the, the, at least he's the best horse over 600 metres in Australia um, and yeah 230 sounds about right to me and um, and uh, my Oberon who I'm backing in Melbourne if I hope she doesn't go here because um, and, and he's got a couple numbers like he started 650 versus Gator Blood, Alligator Blood and Mr Brightside in the um, Champions Mile um, in last year so um, he's got a couple numbers that are Worry him, and he's forty to one. So maybe you could have something small on my Oberon. And he gets a he, he's 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 been a horse that's um, uh, his form is anchored by drawing wide gates and and them giving him no chance of winning and running big sectionals. Um, he draws three here, so he can probably be a lot more close, a lot more forward. And um, like if Mister Brightside comes off his form and uh, he, if he runs to his best, maybe. No, no, he's 40 to 1. You can have something on, I guess. Yep, beautiful. Nico, are you there or are you uh, not with us? I am here. Yep. Um, I think they've got a world of hurt trying to beat Mr. Brightside. Um, no bias at all, but he's the best horse <laughs> in this race. He's probably the best horse in the country. He's going to sit 1 1. He's 2 from 2, ran with 1,600 metres. How they beat him? I wish it was I that simple. Quite... <laughs> well, well, I think it might be. <laughs> mm. He's just that good. He's yep. just 
he does everything you ask him to do. I think their chance of beating him was if he drew bad and he had to go back, and it was an advantage to be forward of midfield. But he's just going to get the gun run again for Willow. I don't know how they beat him. Beautiful. Give us your $100 betting strategy then. Yep, straight on the nose. All right. I'll go 85, bright side, 15, fangirl, saver. Uh, uh, 85, bright side, 15, Mowbray. Sweet as. Jules? A uh, hundred on the fave, hundred on Mr. Brightside, guys. No worries. Um, that's just about the betting wrapped up. Any other thoughts, Jules, Randwick card? No, um, I found it um, pretty tricky outside of that. I, I would say for those races, I, I think I'd be looking for map horses. So horses that have drawn well, sort of going to sit in the first five or six. I think that's going to hold you in good stead. I think if you're going to be worse than midfield or you've drawn wide and hoping you're going to get in, I think it's a low percentage bet on Saturday. Yep. I've just got a few. Um, I'm backing Snowman to beat Tom Kitten in the race for the gloaming. I've got him leading and he obviously beat Riff Rocket. I know Riff Rocket went to another level last start, but I still think Bowman can, uh, you know, click this up from the 500 and Tom Kitten might not get him. Um... In race five, I'm backing another leader, front page. I think he can go back to back here. The stewards notification came through for the favorite Opal Ridge today um, with the concussion plates on for the first time on the feet. So I think she'll drift, um, possibly not all sweet there. And she might have a bit of map issues from barrier two. And I'm also gonna back the Victorian Benedetta in the Silver Eagle. Barrier 10 is just a little bit tricky, but I think she's a, a cracking horse. Up to 1,300 metres. Pretty keen on her. Right. Questions? All right. Let's go to the questions before we wrap up. Trav Noonan, he's a great man. Jules, he's got a question for you. He says... He's a great man, Trav Noonan. He absolutely is. He goes, what's the best horse you've ever bet against with confidence? That's the first one. So answer that one first. I'll go. Um, Jeez, there's been a lot and haven't probably been on the right end of them. Probably recently, Animo was happy to. I think when Dubai Honor put the number up in the Ranvit, and I think Animo ran on the same day in the George Ryder, um, I was extremely confident going into that Queen Elizabeth that it was the right horse, Dubai Honor. And um, I think the narrative was around Australia versus England, and you got to be with the Australian horse. And that, I think, look, the market ended up sort of. You know, siding with me as as you know, it should have. I think it was five to four versus sort of two to one, um, mm-hmm. Dubai Honor. So in that case, but also sort of took on Nature Strip. I reckon in the 2022, um, where the market actually truckloaded Nature Strip. So that, that's the thing where Is that you, gay trial? No, nah, it was Home Affairs. Um, oh, Jamie right, rubbed with Nature yeah, yeah. Strip and slightly missed the kick, and then probably should have beat Home Affairs to be honest. Um, <laughs> Profit him at the start yeah correct just completely sandwiched it um so it's one of those ones where you know you can be confident going in and then the market just goes the other way and you just go i'm off here um and to be honest with even luck probably nature strip wins but got on the end of that so yeah but there's plenty of times where you try and take on good horses that's the idea and sometimes you win sometimes you lose but probably animo and the queen elizabeth and nature strip in that 2022 lightning i think most of them I had a piece because I messaged Jules before the morning of. I was up away for Easter and I messaged him about the Animo Dubai all night and he said, Nico, if you want to be any bit successful, you can't be a fanboy. He goes, no one's against Animo. And you it haven't learned. Purely, purely narrative. And well, I mean, that's the thing. I think with horses, I think we need to understand that as punters, we, um, we don't need to put posters up on our wall. It, it, it actually... Doesn't That's help exactly the words you used, I reckon. Yeah. You don't put posters up on your wall. They're just animals. Yeah. And beautiful animals, and we love them and all that, but at the end of the day, we're trying to make money out of them. So point A to point B, who's going to get there quicker with all those variables in, included? Um, that's what we're here to do. And I'm still having nightmares of home affairs feeding nature ship for thousands. I'm probably being in Europe right now, not in Sydney. The next question by Travi is, what island did you buy after Incentivise won the Caulfield Cup? <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, don't kiss and tell, to be honest. Um, I'll get that to myself. But well, what uh, price did you take? Please give the punters that much. Watch what? 
What, what price? price did you take? Um, well, there's a story in hundreds and fifties um, because we did the show when we declared it on back in the day with an old joint I used to work with on the Money Men. And I actually left that building at that morning and obviously it wasn't going to go out till the night. And it triggered in my head, I said, if that goes out and I haven't been on, I've completely done myself a disservice here. Um, and I was going to go to, which some punters will understand this, a TAB in the city called Clocks, but I couldn't get there because they're actually making a chalk line of someone who had just obviously been deceased in the joint. So I decided to leave that, went to Middle Park TAB, which is now no longer existing, I don't think, and um, fed through some notes. And even weirder, to begin with, I was like, I'm going to do the double, Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, and I know I'm holding you up here. Um, and the nut, and I had a certain amount on to win, um, I think it was like two and a half million or something, and to win the double. And I thought it was going to blow up the machine, so I said, I'm going to take that off and then just put it into the Caulfield Cup and then the Melbourne Cup. So... Um, singly but anyway it was uh it was a nice he was very he was a very good horse let's put it that way <laughs> there, might, there might be a poster of uh incentivizing jules as no it never will be no because <laughs> he let me down in the melbourne cup oh that's true which while i was in hospital with kidney stones uh, i had to get the ambulance on melbourne cup morning into emergency hospital with a green missile um and and someone was telling me oh that's good luck like now incentivize will win well it fucking didn't. <laughs> the, tab, the, the tab no longer exists because Jules took them for every cent no, they're, they're worth. They've, they've kicked since then, haven't they? They're flying, aren't they, the Green Cafe? <laughs> Sam Battelato says, I love you, Julian Valance. Bit of fan love. Max Mini says, what is your biggest pet peeve as a punter? Uh, I don't really have one, to be honest. I mean, at the end of the day, you live and die by the sword that you create yourself. So, um, you know, we've all got... Uh, issues with possibly bad rides or whatever the setup is, but at the end of the day, they're the variables we play in. Um, you know, I can't really have a peeve. I'm very lucky that I do this for a living full time, and um, yeah, I'm you know also one day away from living under a bridge, but that's the joy of it all. Just like Nico. All right, Mehi says on Twitter, best single bet you've ever placed might be incentivized, and the worst beat you've ever had. Uh, Jeez, best bet. I mean, best bet I've ever had is a tricky one because, I don't know, I mean, I, th I thought I had a really good bet on Sunday, Skybird. Um, you know, I think the tab put up nine bucks or something and I was happy to take on race day $5 that starts $3 and wins by three lengths and people say it's a really nice horse. So that's a great bet because you beat the SP by so far. Um, anything that you beat SP, I suppose, is a great bet that wins, but if they get beat, it's still a great bet. You know, that, that's the kind of mindset you've got to have. Um, baddest beat, there's been a billion of them. The one that always sticks out in my head is sort of early days punting, and I can't remember the mayor's name, but it was DK Weirs, Flemington. She was 20 to 1. I had a really big bet on her. Um, back in those stages, I didn't bet each way. I still sort of don't bet each way. And she had blinkers first time. It was sort of before Weary was, you know, the go button was fourth up, blinkers first time, and then eventually at time people realised that's, that's when it went. Um, sort of a little bit knew the dog before it went to school, sort of in that scenario. Knew it was ready to peak. I think it's got beaten a lip. It might have been the Matriarch or some race at Flemington. Um, that was one that really stung. And the fact that I remember it, and also the other fact, I think, for the punters out there is, I can't remember her name. Now, I'll put it to you this right now, punters. If, I, if she'd won, I would 100% know her name. <laughs> and that's, I think, the game we live and breathe in, is that, you know, when they win, you know them, and when they lose, you try and forget about them and do as much whatever you want to do to get to another space and end up waking up three days later and hope it's all was just a dream. <laughs> Tyson Hunter says, uh, he owns Mr. Brightside, by the way, so we wish him well. If you boys could own, we'll go to you, Jules, if you could own a cult from any current stallion, who would it be? Oh, boy. I'm, so I'm hopeless with breeding, so you boys would know much more than me. I'm very much don't watch trials. They're irrelevant to me got to get him into a race i've got to see him under race pressure so um i don't know no idea is frankel is frankel good <laughs> i think he's pretty good i'll take an i'm invincible for free um weekend warrior says outside of militarize and step hardy what other horse in the guineas do you give a chance jules he likes uh, Wolfie's the one that we've backed so happy to probably be with wolfie um but yeah. i think those two do dominate as the market suggests 
All right, and then three from Deethy to finish us off. Nico, how slosh are you right now? <laughs> Update. Um, <laughs> trending in the right direction. Market mover, beating SP. We're about four minutes till the jump. <laughs> Deethy says, Jules, can you give the punters some skin care tips to help us look as youthful as you? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that I do that are probably not, you know, right for human consumption. You've got to try sort of certain, certain things that don't necessarily work on the open market. Um, you know, you just go out there, live your life, be fun and enjoy it and see what happens at the end of the day. If it doesn't work out, well, they'll have a, you know, you, you'll be able to hear about yourself in the paper with a eulogy. And the last one is Jules. Who do you reckon is the best punter out of the three squibs in front of you right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nico's blind, so I don't really want to offend him right now. So I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna—I'll refer that to after. Um, uh, I enjoy them all. I think they all know what they're talking about. And I think, to be honest, I wouldn't be on this show if I didn't. I think if you guys um, talk garbage and you know what you're talking about, I wouldn't be here. So, well, that's exactly what we've done for the last hour. I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I was. Um, appreciate. <laughs> appreciate being asked on boys to be honest it's um it's been a privilege and um i hope you go well no there's a method to this madness thank you very much jules for your time we appreciate it greatly thank you very much cheers boys have good a good luck time. this weekend punters caulfield guineas day and the everest it's going to be absolutely fucking huge see you at ranwick and send us a message cheers guys